Welcome to Ebtide Wellness, where you learn mindfulness-based techniques to help you meet the flow of your life. Here, we authentically explore what is going on within us to best meet what is happening around us. There's no stopping life, but we can meet it no matter what the tide. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, inviting you to be Ebtide Well. Hello and welcome to Ebtide Wellness, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Rupp, and today I'm going to not just give you permission to do this, but make a request that you let life and yourself be messy. So if you follow astrology, you know that there's been a lot of planets retrograde of late, and particularly Venus, kind of the ruler of things we like, (laughs) has been going in the dark for the last few weeks since late July. And so these transits often encourage us to reflect on things that have happened, on things in our lives and our mindsets and our behavior that have occurred, that are maybe time to be reassessed or reimagined or just um, put down. And if you don't follow astrology, then maybe you've just noticed that there's a lot of change in the world. (laughs) There's a lot of um, structures changing, individuals changing. There's just a lot going on. And so you might just be naturally saying, okay, so with all this change, with, with all these opportunities for life to keep moving, you know, what's working for me? And when we assess what's working for us, it's very natural and I think beneficial to look back and say, well, where did this come from? And how long have I been doing it this way? And is it still working for me? Oh, I see that that's something I did in the last job, in the last relationship, in the last project. Maybe here's time for a switch or maybe not. So I have been, like many of you, engaging in a lot of like life review lately. Like this is your life sort of flashbacks. Um, and if you're not voluntarily in this, the dreams will definitely bring you into it with Venus retrograde. I think I have hung out with every ex-boyfriend I've ever had in my dreams. Um, so noticing where you're being pulled back into things that have happened, people you've been around, um, things that went well, things that went badly. Noticing where it's time for you to just kind of say, hey, what did go down there? Oh, I remember that thing. I have a friend who's an older gentleman, and he was saying that he's been just noticing when he goes to sleep at night, his thoughts are completely consumed with his past, his childhood. And I think in functions part of his age, kind of just reviewing his life. But I think all of us are in a place right now saying, like, hey, what, what has my life been? What has gone down? Like, where was I involved in that? Where was I responsible for that? Where was it painful? Where was it wonderful? And we're kind of looking in the rearview mirror as things in our present and future are getting so um, fast and furious. It's, it's really, I think, a time to ground and to say, where have we come from? What have we learned? And I'm saying this in a very positive frame, which I hope we can keep, but I'll tell you how it gets a little dicey in a moment. But first, I wonder if you're like me, if you're like some people I know, um, if you're feeling the trend, you know, let's do an inquiry. Where in your life have you noticed yourself being reminded, encouraged, interested in some events from your past? Whether these events were internal in terms of your approach to things, your outlook on things, or they're external, examining things that happened, things Um, that you saw in your life. So just take a moment. Where in your life have you been looking back? 
And as you reflect on where things have been coming up for you from the past, uh, how have you been responding <laughs> to these reflections, to seeing things from your past? Have you been kind to yourself? I know for me, like when I'm kind of doing the life um, look back, it can be so cringy. <laughs> it can be so like, oh, really? Um, because you're you now. You've got more wisdom. You've got more perspective. You saw the way it went down. And so it's really kind of hard sometimes to look back on past you and not go, oh, ouch, like you're watching a bad car wreck. But I think it's really important as you're doing these reviews or these memories or whatever you want to call them to know that you didn't have the luxury of the experience, the wisdom, the backside hindsight that you have now. So to be kind to our past selves, like I will actually personify my past self and really just be like, oh gosh, girl, I, I love you. I hear you. I'm here for you. And woof, <laughs> you had some learning to do. So be kind like you would to any younger person, really. And this time it's just younger past you. So when you're looking back, notice if you're doing it with kindness to yourself and understanding or judgment and regret and shame and all the negativity we can get into. And as I've talked about in other podcasts, we are wired with this negativity bias to remember the negative, painful, bad things more easily than the positive. So it's very likely that as we're reviewing our past, we're feeling drawn to, to memories that the things that are coming up aren't balanced. It's really easy to look back on life and be like, well, that sucked because you're only seeing what's most accessible from our negativity bias, which is the stuff that really hurt, the stuff that you don't want to you know, be allowed to forget because that's how you're intrinsic neuropsychology thinks and biology will help you avoid that in the future. But there's more to your life than just the most readily accessible negative stuff. So this gets us to the pitfalls of the sort of retrograde time, the review time, the reflection on the back time. While this um, energy going there and experience is super necessary and helpful for our growth to make changes, to say, I see that I've been doing this. It's a pattern. I'm not going to do this anymore. Like for me, this whole saying, I'm going to let life be messy, that's me looking back and saying, I'm not doing the control, the perfectionism anymore, but we'll get there. But it has some pitfalls to get to the growth and the reflection, we can get stuck. So the first pitfall is rather than learning from the past and saying, okay, I'm going to just kind of switch gears, switch grooves here because I see this past stuff where it did or didn't work. We can get stuck in the past, maybe living in it, just um, really trying to change it, regretting it, maybe even like calling up those exes that are coming up in the dreams. Don't ever do that. <laughs> dreams are clearing you, not like sending you a message. So notice if this past interest becomes an obsession or a rumination. We don't want to get stuck. The past can be very sticky and as I said, the past isn't represented well in our memory. So we need to be very careful of how much it sucks us in to old without letting us step out of it to bring to the new. So that's the first pitfall. The second pitfall I have of this journey in review is it just feels really shitty. <laughs> like 
sometimes because of that negativity bias. We can get really down and focused on everything that went wrong, everything that hurt, everyone that hurt us. It's really important if it starts to feel shitty, first of all, to get out of victimhood. Like stuff happened, what are you going to do now? Um, And to remember again that it's not the whole story. The bad stuff. So give yourself some time to see the tricky stuff, the challenging stuff, and then open to what else? What else was good? What else was great? What else is contradicting the negative storytelling that I may get into if I'm really just kind of feeling too crappy? So if you have a story about your past, like, oh, I never um, felt I belonged. Well, Okay, but maybe let's look for some examples in which you were welcomed into community and where you belonged fully. Maybe even you were a leader and balance out so your stories don't get overly um, entrenched. Entrenched stories aren't stories that change us. So you can look back and find a pattern, but if you make that into a self-identification or a story, that's not going to give you the flexibility and the openness then to say, no more. That doesn't work for me. Or is that even true? One nice thing about reviewing and reflecting on the past is you could notice where you've kind of misinterpreted some things maybe and had a story about yourself or others and you're like, wait, did it really go down that way? Um, So the self-evaluation, the reflection, very beneficial, very nice to have this time when you have some space, when you've got some retrograde planets, if astrology is your jam, and really just pause and find your footing and a clear assessment. But the third pitfall when we're doing this work is sometimes our evaluation becomes judgment, mostly of ourself. Again, if we're stuck in the negativity bias trap, then we're saying, oh, that's where I did that thing wrong. That's where I made that terrible decision. That's where I did this. That's where I did this. I fucked up. You know, it's really easy to turn on ourselves, to not see ourselves as the hero, as the lovable, you know, whatever, <laughs> like the lovable teddy bear of your past movie story, and turn ourselves into the villain of all the ways we made decisions or engaged in behaviors or screwed up to lead to whatever we're feeling dissatisfied with in the present. So don't let self judgment become the take-home story of your life interview. I was having a moment um, the other week where I just called my sister and I was like, I'm such a loser. Like I was just having all this self-judgment on all these decisions I made where I didn't let myself continue in the shoulds and let my life in that moment I was feeling get a little bit messy. So I was down, I was lost and thinking, wow, life is pretty messy right now. And in review, I can see a lot of little um, T's in the road where I took a direction that contributed to life being messy. I could have done that other road and life would be in control and I would be on that path that looks better and it just wouldn't be so uncomfortable and things would be the way they're supposed to be. (laughs) <laughs> if that's a tricky trap. They're supposed to be that way. So you can look back really selectively at the past in a negative way that makes you feel like you've let yourself down. And why I'm not saying you've been perfect, because the whole point of looking back is being like, woo, I'm not perfect. Um, but the whole point is, no, you're not. Good. Don't be perfect. So we do the real work to get a balanced reflection of say, okay, that was doing me, doing me at the time, the best of the time. 
And that was me maybe making a decision that wasn't the best for me at the time. And here I am now as a combination of all of that because you know what? Life is not perfect. There's not a linear path to growth. This idea that many of us were raised on through whatever movies or whatever that you start your life and it keeps going and going and it just gets better. You might have a challenge, but then it all resolves and then you end up, you know, at some point with the perfect house, the perfect kids, the perfect relationship and a job that makes you happy and then the movie usually ends. Um, that's not actually life. Like I hope you have moments at the top of your mountains. I know I certainly have where you're like, things feel good. Things have culminated in the sense of achievement and purpose and place. I feel really good. But many of us know we've been around a little bit while that doesn't stay because it can't, not because you did anything wrong or made any bad decisions just because that's just life is not perfect. Life, like you look at nature, nature is like, screw you and your idea of control, predictability, and stability. We are going to shake things up when we feel like it. We'll have beautiful, beautiful outcomes of the storms, but you're not going to see what's coming. <laughs> and that's the amazingness of it. It's raw. It's real. It's changeable. So why do we think our lives are supposed to be separate from this, that we're supposed to be in this like Hallmark movie where perfection is the game. And I find myself, so my big thing of changing from the, the Venus retrograde was saying no more thinking not being perfect is failure. And I've really worked with this my whole life. I thought I was, you know, gotten through it, but I noticed there was a real layer here where with things were not in control or perfect or wrapped up in a bow of clarity, it felt like failure to me or like I was doing something wrong, not failure of, of um, accomplishment so much, but a failure of self of saying, so there must be something wrong with me or my life if things aren't looking perfect. And then there's just so many of aha moments, messages of no, <laughs> life is messy. Life is messy for everyone. And we need to start accepting this so we're not so hard on ourselves and we are enjoying ourselves. So I love, I love the Barbie movie for a million thousand different reasons, as I know many of you did. But one of the things I loved um, a lot about the movie was that she chooses at the end real life. She could be a plastic Barbie and be the idealized or the idea of people living life. That's she could choose to stay the doll that's perfect, no cellulite. What was the other thing? Um, of, um, feet that weren't flat. Or she could go into the real world. Well, she's the person living life, having the ideas, but she'll have things that aren't perfect about her, about her life. She'll feel feelings, she'll cry. And she chooses real life. She chooses to be messy. She chooses the messy path because that's living. And before she gets to have that choice, um, someone was, I can't remember who, what character was in the story, was saying, well, what's the ending for Barbie? And someone goes, oh, well, she falls in love with Ken. And Barbie's like, that's not my ending. <laughs> She's not like, there is no ending. You don't just like have an experience in your life and it's like, oh, yay, like close scene. No, life keeps going. We've got ups, we've got downs, we've got beauty, we've got challenge, we've got storms, we've got serene, beautiful, placid times. It's real life and it's so, so messy. And there's so much freedom we can give ourselves by saying, ooh, this is so messy. This is so life. So another inquiry here, where are you perhaps pressuring your life or expecting life to be 
Perfect. Have you noticed there's a part of your life that you're saying, oh, well, it's not figured out, or it's not this, or it's not that, so it's not perfect, so it must be wrong. And along the same veins, where are you pressuring yourself to be perfect, not to be messy ever? I think the awareness is really important because when we notice how we're saying this needs to be this certain way, then we free ourselves of that prison, really. So I have a definite tendency to think that if a person, myself, another, a relationship, a job, a project, if it's not perfect, that, you know, maybe it's just then not right. <laughs> and I've really worked on releasing that because it's not real. And to do that, you don't get to live as freely, as openly, authentically, and fully. If everything around you, including yourself, has to be perfect, then you're going to end up alone in a beautiful prison. So my house, I mean, I don't have kids, and I really enjoy a clean, tidy house. <laughs> I like things where they go, and I can be super anal about my space. Um, I had an ex-boyfriend who used to just move, like, one thing to his amusement because he knew the second I'd walked in the room, like, I would just out of habit put it back, not even knowing he moved it. So I'm aware of this, like, tendency of mine. I like, I like a good space. And so the other thing I love is dogs. I love dogs so very much. And dogs and very tidy, clean spaces don't really go together all the time. And so I think I've said on this podcast a little bit about my first dog of the last few years, Max. And when I got him, I mean, he and I just, you know, redone my house and this little one-year-old rescue, he... um I think, I mean, he tore down blinds, he ate a laptop, he ruined countless rugs. Like, the house was a mess. I mean, the house was just like a mess. And I was like, we were being like, well, I can choose a really pretty house where everything's tidy, or I can have this wonderful, like, little sweet soul who is just going to be destroying everything. And I chose Messy. I chose Max. And over time, he chilled out and um, no longer destroys things and actually isn't that dirty anymore. So then what did I do? The other, a few weeks ago, I was kind of hanging out with Max, and we had some morning time doing fun stuff. And I kind of looked at him, and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not really doing much. And we're both kind of like, yeah, we're kind of bored. Things that were very easeful, things had gotten, um, I don't want to say perfect, but, you know, clean, clear, non-chaotic in the house. So I went and adopted another dog. And she's awesome, but she's a one-year-old rescue. She's got a lot of energy. And while she's not quite as physically destructive, um, like she's not housebroken. So the other night I got out of bed in the middle of the night and I stepped in just like, you know, huge pile of gross diarrhea. And then I like turned the light. I screamed. And then I was like, fuck. And then um, I tried not to scream at her, but um, – and then I looked around and I was like, oh, it was like everywhere. So it was 1.30 in the morning and I'm all grumpy, like bringing rugs out to the trash bin and like being like, why do I have dogs? Um, <laughs> the next morning I was like, you know what? Like I would take that over no mess because this dog's amazing. She's so sweet. She's so fun and she adds such a little like flavor to the day. So like – and those of you guys have kids, I know you would definitely not trade 
most days, clean, perfect house for your children. Like life is messy, especially when it's well lived. Like, you know, what's fun is you have like a great party of people over and then like your house is a mess. And I love that part then of cleaning up and being like, oh, awesome. My house is a mess because like I just had wonderful vibes and stuff to clean up. So if things are messy, it means we've lived. It means there are things to clean up. It means there's been times that we've gotten in the moment and not cared about the mess we were making. We got into living as messy and ugly as it is. Like, I think it's a shame. I know some people who like won't go grab a cup of coffee if they don't have makeup on. Like, if I can tell you the way I show up most places, it's usually like covered in mud from my dogs, like in I don't even know what clothing that I've just been hiking in. I, who cares? Like if I, I am messy and people should be able to live their life without putting on the picture of perfect, of, of, um, of armor. And it's really an armor. It's protection. I don't know what we're protecting ourselves from. Everybody's different. But if you have to look a certain way, if you feel perfect, to feel worthy, to feel acceptable, to feel okay, to show your face to others or even yourself, then you've got to learn to get a little messy. You've got to take the, the time to say, what if I just went out this way? What if um, I let people judge me? You know, someone is going to judge me because... I walk in to get coffee and I'm not made up or, you know, wearing crappy jeans. Like, that's fine. That's okay. I don't share that same value set. And I'm having a lot more fun. <laughs> so, you know, there's always like the the stereotypical, like, or not even stereotypical, you see it all the time. People who are wound up so tight, they're like sitting on the sidelines. Like I'm thinking of the summer in the pool. There's the people who are sitting perfectly groomed, made up, Hair perfect. You see this on um, all those like reality TV romance, like um, what was the last one? Oh, uh, Love is Blind. And they all go to like Mexico at the end or whatever, or they'll go away. And you can see there's like some women who are just like die, and men too, like diving in the pool, having a great time. Who cares? And other people who are like very aware they're on TV and they're just sitting on the end and like high heels. I don't know who wears high heels to a pool and like perfect hair and makeup and they're having no fun. So being perfect, having life not be messy. I'm not saying like look ways you don't want to look. I'm just saying allow yourself to be messy. Like roll in the mud literally or figuratively. Let yourself have something, quote, wrong. Like do you ever do the thing when you go to get a massage? People do this for Tracy for acupuncture, my sister, all the time. Of like apologize because you like haven't shaved your legs or because your like toenails aren't done. Like who cares? I've been um, another part of my like messaging of like let life be messy the last few weeks is I've just been like on and off sick. Like um, I don't know, whatever, COVID, who knows? Um, and I got this like huge rash. I mean like so gross. Like I shouldn't even talk about because you guys will be gross. It's just like many insults to my appearance have been occurring with this illness. And that's something that I have to say, okay, life is messy. Body is messy. Body is not something that's going to always be working the way you want, be functioning the way you want, be looking the way you want. So be messy. So when we're messy, I think we have more fun. I think we're less restricted. I think we're more authentic. And that's how we learn 
if you're all wound up and you're controlling and you're attached to a certain path and you're rigidly conforming to a certain standard expectation, how are you learning and growing? How are you open to receive new ideas? How are you being flexible? How are you feeling your feelings? How are you reacting to the moment? How are you responding to what's really going on within and around you? You're not. Because you're too much focused on life being clean, tidy, predictable, and looking a certain way. So last inquiry for this podcast, but what would happen if you allowed yourself and your life just to be a little bit messy? By messy, I mean like you can say, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't figured that out. Or you can say, whoopsies, that just went really bad. Life's messy. What if you allowed that to be okay? How would life feel? How would you feel? Life is messy and so are you. And if we give ourselves permission to live from that place, it doesn't lower our standards. It doesn't make us less productive. It helps us just keep going, to be honest. So during... um, when I was sick and I was really tired, I had this, <laughs> this like terrible, like, I mean terrible from my perspective, work session. Generally, I mean, I don't usually have when I do client calls, I'm generally pretty good about keeping things quiet, keep professional, like, you know, not screwing up. But this one day, it was like everything went wrong. Like Mercury Retrograde started and I had this Zoom call and like Halfway through the Zoom, all of a sudden, the color of the video just went, like, purple. And I was like, all right, that's weird, but I'm going to keep going. And then, like, the UPS guy, and he came, and which was fine, but he needed, like, a signature. So he's banging down my door, and so my dogs are going nuts. And then on top of him being there and him not leaving because he wanted a signature, and then, like, my mom pulled up. And so then they're all in the yard, and my dogs are going crazy. And it's super awkward because I'm giving a presentation on, like, mindfulness and non-reactivity. And so all I want to do is, like, yell at my dogs to, like, shut the fuck up, you know? Let, but, you like, I'm, like, a mindfulness teacher teaching about mindfulness. And so um, it was incredibly, I thought, terrible. Um, so I got off the call, and I was just like, wow, that was awful. I was totally beat myself up, like, for not having contained the dogs, for not having, um, I don't know, magically made Zoom work well. I was just really hard on myself. And then I had this realization of, like, well, what if it is okay? Like, what if it's okay to have a bad session? What's okay to have a bad day? What if it's okay to have a bad year? What if it's okay to have a bad decade? What's okay for life to be messy? What if that is okay? And you can kind of laugh about it or say, oh, wow, that was messy. Okay. Living from that perspective versus, oh my gosh, that wasn't perfect. That didn't go the way it was supposed to. So now something is wrong. I am wrong. It's not going to work. So mindfulness helps us, helps us do this because mindfulness helps us live in the moment of experience, of feeling what's happening, of enjoying what's happening, of feeling when you're not enjoying it. And living in that moment is messy. We feel the messiness. We feel the imperfection. And that's really the beauty of it all. The beauty doesn't come from perfection. The joy, the true love, like true deep love for something or someone isn't when everyone's like all contained and like zipped up. It's when there's like messy tears and moments of like vulnerability and 
reality, real life, real emotion, real feeling, real connection, living in the experience, then you get the beauty of the mess. And we have to release judgment. Mindfulness helps us release the judgment. We've talked about in this podcast the concept of equanimity, of withholding the need to be the ultimate critic and judge if that's good, that's bad. But holding space for saying that's what is. And I release my control of needing it to be different because it's here. And in saying, so this is messy and this is here and I maybe don't know what to do about it. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to just let myself sit in the experience of it and accept myself and the situation as it is. And then I'll move forward to a place where authentically change might happen. So mindfulness, living mindfully helps us say, okay, okay to life, okay to ourselves. And then from there, we're free because we can then laugh in the rain. I'm going to do really cheesy cliches here because they're true. When you can actually like, um, you know, like you're with your best friend or someone you're really close to and like things seem so bad, but then you just like start laughing because they're so bad. <laughs> like that's like just being like, okay, okay, life, you're being messy again. I'm here for it. I'm not taking it personally. I'm not taking, you know, saying it makes me wrong or life wrong. I'm just saying, okay, let's, let's do this the best we can. So be kind to yourself. Be messy. Please be messy. And let yourself see how much that allows you to, to succeed in the ways you want to, to find purpose, to find actually what maybe all that perfection you thought was guiding you towards was keeping you too distant from. So let's do a short meditation now to help us connect to this, finding whatever posture is appropriate for you in your circumstance, feet grounded, maybe inhaling the shoulders back behind you, allowing the eyes to close or lower, feeling the body relax, that first layer, and just allowing yourself to Shift direction of attention from wherever it's been outside of you to the breath. It's just a shift in where we're showing interest, putting our energy. So let's just begin to say, oh, breath, you're so interesting. How does it feel to inhale? Noticing how it feels to exhale. And in this interest in the breath, you'll find yourself coming into an anchor of present moment attention. Inhaling, coming lower beneath the thinking mind, the judging mind, the controlling mind. Exhaling to settle deeper into the accepting mind, the accepting heart, the messy body. <laughs> Just allow yourself to come home with the breath, Settle out of wherever your energy and attention has been pulled. So as you find the anchor of the breath now, we can release all the tension we're holding that is coming from just trying to hold it together. So feel maybe if the shoulders are under the burden of perfection 
It's been said, perfection is only a prerequisite for pain. So if you've got pain in the shoulders or anywhere else in the body, notice if it's from a, a tensing, a holding, a bracing against a lack of control, a lack of knowing, a lack of presentation of sorts. And just forgive yourself of that. It's not your burden. It's not your responsibility to be perfect or have life be perfect. That's impossible. So release the shoulders. Release the burden that's never going to be achieved. And perhaps as you release the shoulders, the heart is opening in relief. Okay, finally. Like the heart is messy. Heart doesn't have to be perfect. Smiling when someone punches you in the face with an insult. The heart can be everything at once. So allow the shoulders to release this armor of holding it all together to be perfect, to let the heart breathe, let the heart speak. Maybe at first it screams. Maybe it's been held so tight, so tightly down that the heart just needs to scream for a while. Or maybe the mind needs to scream. If there's any part of you that's been just tied up in knots of perfection. And as you undo that girdle of false supposed appearance, let yourself scream if you need to. Let out whatever has been held back to be tamed, to be perfect, to be controlled, to be stable. Let it out. Maybe the body needs to shake. Let out whatever you have been holding back, like a dam that has been holding back a river. And finally, the dam breaks. And it's messy, but it's cathartic and it's real. And it will bring life a lot wider. So let your dam break. Maybe there's tears. Maybe you realize something. Maybe emotions become present. Notice what happens for you when you say, it doesn't have to be a certain way. I don't have to be a certain way. It's okay. And then as you let the release happen, you can feel the space and the calmness that's behind that. You know, after a wave breaks on the beach, there's that calm, the receding. So come back into the breath, into the space now, the openness, the spread of awareness that comes when we're no longer controlling, judging, and attached to certain outcomes in life and ourselves. We're free. Breathe into this freedom. Feel your body open just to be messy. Let body be achy. Let body be awkward. Let body have functions. Body is an organic piece of matter. Let the body just relax as it's not pressured to function or look a certain way, but to be this beautiful form it is in which you experience life in all its forms, sensing into the skin, sensing into the breath, sensing into the blood, sensing into the tingles, the sensations, the pains, the ease, allow body to be met, to be felt, not to be strapped down, tightened up, perfect. Now 
And as you hold yourself in an expanding awareness of messy is okay. Life is not steady, predictable, linear growth. Either is my body, either is my heart, either is my mind. It's insights, it's flashes, it's breakdowns, it's breakthroughs. It's all the extremes and the neutrals. It's everything. Just hold yourself in the experience of being an imperfectly perfect being, a messy being who is so extremely exactly where they're meant to be by allowing them to be in the life as it's presenting. Hold space right now for you and your life just as you are, especially where it's a little messy. And say something nice to yourself. If you've been hard on past self, say something nice to your past version of yourself with gratitude for them landing you exactly in the perfect messy space you are in now. If you're trying to control a future to not be messy, let go of that impossible project. Hold your space with kindness and compassion exactly for how you are in this moment, on this day, in this life. Seeing if you can't find the love and beauty and whatever messiness is there. I'll close with one of my favorite readings by L. R. Nost. Life is amazing, and then it's awful, and then it's amazing again. And in between the amazing and the awful, it's ordinary and mundane and routine. Breathe in the amazing. Hold on through the awful and relax and exhale during the ordinary. That's just living, heartbreaking, soul healing, amazing, awful, ordinary life. And it's breathtakingly beautiful. I hope you have a beautiful, amazing, messy awful, mundane, and routine life. And to see you again soon. In the meantime, be ebtide well. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please support this podcast by clicking the like and subscribe buttons. And why not share it with someone else who might connect with it? I'll see you next time. In the meantime, be ebtide well.